Hey, good morning. Welcome to worship. I want to share a psalm with you this morning, maybe with a little twist like you've never heard it before, but hear the words of the psalmist and our hearts this morning as well. From Psalm 150, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in your living room. Praise God at your dining room table. Praise God in your backyard or your porch swing, wherever you are. Praise the Lord. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with guitar. Praise him with voices and shakers. Praise him when you're standing or you're sitting. However you worship the Lord this morning, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be with you this morning. This is week two of a brand new worship experience for us, and we invite you in. We're so glad that you're joining us online. Uh, we're thankful to have you and kind of want to fill you in on what you can expect during a very unexpected season in the life of our world, really. Um, as here in Illinois, we're now on shelter in place. Uh, the good news is that clergy and volunteer staff are considered essential personnel, so we can come in and we can share service with you uh, every Sunday morning. We're excited to be able to do that. But we want to tell you about opportunities that you can connect with us all week. So here's the first. Right now, Sunday morning worship, 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. We're glad that you're here and joining us. Also want to let you know that tonight at 7 o'clock, on the Zoom platform, men's Bible study will resume. And so uh, if you are a man in our congregation or in our community and are interested in that, there's more information about that located on our Facebook page. We tell you how to connect with Zoom and how you can be a part of that Bible study. I wanted to let you know, too, that on Mondays and Thursdays, I'm going to jump on Facebook Live really briefly for about five minutes and share a devotional thought. Sometimes that'll be in the morning. Sometimes that'll be in the afternoon. Uh, but if you don't catch it live, you're still able to watch that later. If you click on notifications, you can actually be notified of every time we go live on Facebook. You'll want to do that in this season if you're connected to that platform. Then uh, Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, I'm going to be doing a kid's Bible story time. Uh, there'll be a video clip that they can watch after uh, we read a story together. And I'm also going to provide you as parents or guardians or um, caregivers some questions and activities that you can do with your child in partnership with that uh, Bible study. And I also wanted to let Eric talk about what they're going to be doing for kids. Yeah, so um, throughout the week, we're going to be posting videos, um, just little one song videos that we're going to be doing from our house. It'll be me and uh, my kids. We'll just be kind of singing some of the songs that the kids are Sunday mornings down in the uh, kids space or, or some of the songs we do on Sunday mornings that we know the kids really enjoy. So um, that won't be a, a, a live experience, but we'll be posting those as we do them uh, um, throughout the week. So watch out for that. Um, also on Wednesdays um, at 6 p.m., we're going to be doing what we're calling uh, Wednesday's Living Room Worship. Um, so it'll be about a 30-minute worship set at 6 p.m. on uh, live on Facebook. So join us uh, 6 p.m. Wednesday nights to uh, just have a good time of just some singing and um, some psalms and and uh, praying, and, and just join us for that. So, 
Following that, then at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights, the women's Bible study will meet on Zoom. They actually um, met last week just to try it out. We had about 14 people on, on the meeting. Uh, it was actually pretty cool. I think we're all learning some new technology right now, so we show grace with each other while we do it, but it was good to see each other's faces. I think that's one of the things about Zoom that we love so much is that we get to see the faces of people right now we're so distanced from. And then I wanted to let you know, we, we had Circle Saturday this week. It's that one time every month where we've been gathering to pray. And this time where we're so disconnected, we've decided that every Saturday morning at 8.30 on the Zoom platform, we're going to gather for a time of prayer. If you can only hop in once a month, that's fine. But we'd love to see your face. We'd love to hear your needs. We'd love to know how God is speaking to you and what's urgent on your heart. But it's also a time for us to pray together for what God wants to do in this church, in our community, and certainly for the needs in the world around us right now. That's a lot of information for you to kind of uh, wrestle with and through. I want to let you know that we'll be uh, informing you of all that on uh, one call, email, newsletter, and some Facebook postings keep you up to date with what's happening. But another great way to stay in touch with what's happening online with us since we can't be together in person, is to actually uh, grab your phone and download our church app. We actually have an app for Community Church of God. You can do that right now. If you pick up your phone, you can text CCOG app to 77977 and actually download that app. It'll tell you exactly what we're doing online and how you can get connected. In fact, you can connect to our online Sunday service through that app as well. And another reminder, too, while you're on that app, there's actually a giving button. Uh, if you'd rather give directly through your phone, you can actually text CCOG Give to 77977. And that's a way that you can continue to support the ministry of the church with your giving. Um, I use the app quite frequently, at least about every other week while we're in service. I just pick up my phone. It's a way to give. I also want to let you know that you can still mail your tithe into the church office. If that's something that's important to you to sit down and handwrite that check out or um, to make sure that gift comes in, we can receive that any way you want to give it. But we're certainly thankful for you. We want to help you stay connected and we'll do our best as we go along. We're so glad that you're here. And so now I want to invite you wherever you are, in your home, on your back porch. Um, we're going to have a time of worship together this morning. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I'd love for you to consider standing up wherever you are, if you're able, to stand and worship the Lord just like you would in the sanctuary here. Um, but to posture yourself in a way that you can praise the Lord, that you can speak about his goodness and his love. The Father has not forgotten us. We may be overwhelmed, we may be confused, we may be concerned about the events of the world around us, but God has not forgotten us. He is present with us wherever we are. So let's lift up our worship to him this morning. I was buried beneath my shame could carry that kind of weight. It was my turn till I
This morning I'd like to read uh, from Psalm 148. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all the angels. Praise Him, all the, His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all of you shining stars. Praise Him, the highest heavens and the waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded that they were created. <clears throat> And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the deep, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy winds fill this, his word. Mountains and the hills, fruit trees and the cedars, beasts and all the livestock, livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all the rulers of earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above the earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all the saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. And that's what we're doing this morning. We are praising the Lord. And let's just continue to do that. we get ready to sing this next song, I just want to invite you guys to uh, take a moment to give online. This would be the normally the time of the service that we would do, we'd call the ushers forward and do our offering, and um, there's no reason why we can't continue to do that just because we're at home. So um, Joy gave me the, the ways to do that online. Um, find a jar, put your extra change in it, and when we can get back together, we can all put that back together. So uh, just take a moment to do that. I 
Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord, what a joy it is to be gathered here in your name. Lord, to be gathered here both in the sanctuary uh, and broadcasting out to the many homes around this community and around the country and even around the nation in some aspects, Lord. But uh, it's a beautiful day because you've created it for us to gather. Lord, thank you for all the homes that are watching and those that are gathered in their homes right now, Lord. You know the needs that are represented in each of those homes, and Lord, you can meet those needs before they're even spoken, Lord. You, you intercede in a mighty way on behalf of each and every family that's represented here. Lord, we look forward to what you have to share with us here in worship this morning. Lord, we've enjoyed the time of fellowship and singing, and Lord, we're looking forward to the breaking open of the word, Lord, and how it applies to each and every one of our lives. So, Lord, we just ask that as joy leads us and breaks open her word, your word, Lord, that it wouldn't be spoken just by her, Lord, but it would be your very lips speaking to us. Lord, that we might be changed and renewed and challenged by the word that you'd have for us today. Lord, thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for each and everyone gathered around this world to worship you. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to be with us now in this service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So it is good to be in the house of the Lord today. It feels a little different in this space. Um, but what I am convinced of is this, that no matter what our week has been like, no matter how much uncertainty we have about everything that is swirling around us, God knew well in advance of what is happening, uh, what happened all this week, that we would find ourselves closed off from one another. God knew that we would find ourselves in this place today. And he is so faithful to give us a word that tells us exactly what we need to hear for times like this. I've been journeying with a group of pastors uh, through Lent, and we're all preaching from the same text. And we meet weekly, actually on Zoom, to talk about the scriptures. And one of the things that I've been learning is that sitting and listening to the Lord, even when uh, we feel like maybe his word might not apply uh, to the circumstance that we're living in, we really lean in and listen, we'll discover that it absolutely does. And that's the case with the text today. So I want to invite you, if you will, take your Bibles at home or grab your phone if that's how you read the word and go to John. It's a gospel, the fourth book in the New Testament, John chapter nine. And we're going to start right at the beginning of the chapter with verse one. I'm going to give you just a second to get there. But I also want to let you know this. Um, here's what's interesting. The entire story that we're going to talk about today takes all 41 verses, but I'm going to focus in just on the first 11. I want to encourage you, though, to read all 41 of those verses this week. In fact, one of the links that we're posting in the comments is actually a Google Doc for adults. It's for some individual Bible study that you can do following the message today to continue to dig in the Word and learn on your own. So John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. 
After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. And he replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. This is the word of God for God's people, and we are so thankful for it. What's interesting about this uh, preaching group that I'm in is that we read the text aloud four different times, And most of our meeting is very quiet. It's contemplative. We sit and we ask the Lord to open our eyes, to open our ears, to hear something. And then as something something comes to us or something strikes us, a word, an idea, then we meditate there. We listen to the passage again to kind of chew on that idea. At some point, we can open our hearts and share what we're hearing. But what struck me from this text is not so much the healing work as what we see in the very first verse. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Now that might not be a big deal to you, but when I heard the words Jesus saw, I was captivated. You know, as I go about my day, at least what looked like a normal day before we were all shut inside our houses, Um, As I go about my day, there are a lot of things I notice, but there are plenty more that I don't. I can literally drive down the street and miss a hundred things and only see one. Jesus was actually on his way out of town. He was moving along, so he had somewhere he needed to go. But what I was struck by was that Jesus took notice. He wasn't too busy to see the man. That man could have been sitting alongside the road, And Jesus could have kept on going, but he saw him. He saw him with eyes that said, you're important, you're valuable, I see you. You are not invisible to me. I wonder if there are places in your life where there are people that maybe you've been too busy for, people that have been unnoticed, people that you've passed right by and really never seen. One of the things that I think this season of quarantine is doing for us is opening our eyes to some things that we've never seen before. Um, sometimes it's literal things like the dust in our house. We're so busy, we don't have time to clean. Sometimes it's the relationships we have with the people that we love. Where are the thin places where we've not leaned in enough because we've been so busy doing something else that we've missed it? What I want you to hear this morning is that Jesus saw this man, and this shouldn't surprise you. The God of Scripture is a God who sees. All the way back in Genesis, Hagar, the servant of Abram and Sarah, went out into the wilderness after Sarah had mistreated her when Hagar was with child, was with a child with Abram. And so Hagar ran away, and out in the middle of the wilderness, all by herself, God speaks to her. 
and tells her to go back, that he will bless her and he will bless the child that she is carrying. And Hagar makes a declaration about God at that point. She says, you're the God who sees me. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, the prophet Samuel actually learns that God is a God who sees differently than man sees. God tells him, listen, men look at what's on the outside, but I'm looking at what's in your heart. Throughout Scripture, over and over again, we're introduced to a God who sees. And I want you to know today, God sees you. He sees you in your homes. He sees you on your back porch. He sees you concerned, maybe afraid or anxious. God sees you maybe fearful. God sees you even when you're angry. And maybe you've been angry this week. Maybe all of the closures, all of the shutdowns, all of the distancing that we've had to do from the people that we care so much about. Maybe those are the feelings you feel today. God sees you in the midst of it all, and he loves you. He's not passing you by. He's not unaware of your emotion. God sees you right where you are, just like Jesus saw the blind man on the side of the road. What I want you to see in the text too today is that the man was blind. Now, that seems like an obvious point in the story since this is a story about healing. And of all the healing works that Jesus done in Scripture, uh, giving the blind sight is the one that's most often repeated. But here's what's interesting. This man was blind by no choice of his own. It was the circumstance that he found himself in. He couldn't control it. Does that sound familiar to you? Aren't you in the middle of a circumstance right now you cannot control? I mean, we have some choices about how we control how we're living right now. We stay inside, we wash our hands, we don't touch our face, the, all the things that we're told to do to help protect ourselves. But we're living in the middle of a circumstance that we didn't create and we cannot control. But sitting in the midst of all of this, we're seen by God and known, and he sees the darkness that we're living in. For some of you, being closed inside your houses, being cut off from people has created a really dark space for you. And maybe you, like this man today, feel unnoticed, feel unseen, feel like you're living in a shroud of darkness. You're not the only one who feels that way. We felt that way too in moments. The uncertainty of knowing how long this would last. I want you to know that even though you feel like it's dark and maybe you can't see what's coming, you don't know how long this quarantine will last. We don't know what life will look like. God sees you and he knows you and he cares about all of it. In this story, though, the man wasn't the only person who was blind. The disciples were too. And you can see it when they ask him the question. Um, they want to know, why is this man blind? Is it because his parents sinned or is it because he sinned? Because in rabbinical teaching, for someone to have this kind of penalty must be because the sin of the parent was now visited on the child, the consequence for it, or there was sin in the man himself. But the disciples were spiritually blind. They wanted to understand and they wanted to see. And Jesus took this opportunity to teach them something, and I think us something, that's incredibly important in this season. Why? That's the question they're really asking. Why is this happening? God, tell us why this man is blind. Haven't you asked that question in the last couple of weeks? God, why is this happening? How suddenly has this disease become so rampant, swirled around our world? How and why? Why is this going on right now? Why this sickness? Why is it being visited on the whole world? What is happening and why? 
I took great comfort this week from the way that Jesus responded to the disciples. And I hope that you'll feel that way too. Listen again as I read in these next couple of verses, in verses 3 and 4, what Jesus says to his disciples in response. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. You know, displayed is a seeing word too. In fact, this whole text is really about who can see and who can't see. And the question I would ask you today is, what do you see? When you read the word, what is it that you're seeing that God is saying? And I want to help you see what I think is incredibly important. And that's this. That why, the, the, the reason why things are happening around us isn't about what preceded it but about what God will do with it. Jesus says this has happened so that the works of God can be seen. And notice he doesn't say work. He's not just talking about a physical healing that we know he's going to give this man. What he says is there are works of God that will be displayed in the middle of this circumstance you couldn't have even known about. But God has allowed this to come so that his glorious work might be seen. And I wonder... If you just read this text on the face of it, maybe that's all you see. But I want to tell you this is about more than a healing. This is about more than giving visual sight to a blind man who's never seen the colors of autumn, who's never seen the bluest of blue skies and the clouds, who's never seen a sunset, who's never seen a sunrise. This is about so much more than that. Because Jesus says this is about the development of this man's faith. This is about the development of our faith. What do we trust God for? This is so that we can look at a circumstance that we never expected and ask God the question, what kind of work are you going to do with this? While I've been wrestling uh, with all of this COVID-19 uh, drama that's unfolding in the world, it's given me great consolation to know that while I don't understand what preceded it or what precipitated it, what I do understand is this, that God will use it. In fact, I want to tell you today that I believe one of the most powerful ways that God will use what's happening in our world around us is to help the church be the church in a way that she's never been before. We've been so constricted for such a long time to four walls, that church is a place that we go. It's something that we do on a Sunday. And I want to tell you today that the church is a called out people of God sent into the world to do his works. In fact, scripture tells us that God prepared works beforehand in advance of us that he wanted us to do because we're his masterpieces. We're works of art that he uses to do more work in the world. This could be an amazing time for the church to rise up and be the church like never before if we trust that all of this is happening so that the work of God might be displayed. I think that there are a lot of people who see the church one way and God's desire is to help people see the church another way. Just like the disciples were convinced that the man's blindness was really about some sin in the past, whether from his parents or him, I think sometimes we can see something myopically. We, we zone in and we put blinders on and we fail to see what's happening all around us. Jesus gives new sight, not just to this man, but also to his disciples and I believe to the church. This has happened, he said, so that the works of God 
might be displayed in him. And then he goes on to say this, for as long as it is day, we, we must, we must do the works of him who sent me. Please don't miss this. This is Jesus' personal invitation to the disciples in that moment. He's saying, hey, listen, not only will the works of God be displayed in this man, but the works of God will be displayed in your life for as long as it is daytime, as long as there is light in the world, as long as we can really see what's going on, not seeing with physical eyes, but seeing with spiritual eyes the opportunities that are in front of us, as long as it is day, we must do the works. That's a clarion call, not just to Jesus' disciples in that moment, but the church today. God, this circumstance that we're in, this quarantine that we're in, this um, distancing that the church is experiencing right now, what would it mean for us to continue to do your works right now? We've been asking that question in our home about how we serve our neighbors. We had an awesome experience yesterday where through Facebook, our neighborhood created a group where we could talk about how we can serve those who are vulnerable, how we can meet needs, how when somebody's going out for something, if we can care for one another, and trying to create opportunities, pet parades or uh, things that will happen, uh, an opportunity for a parent to walk their child through the neighborhood and find little teddy bears in people's windows and go on a bear hunt. Friends, I want to tell you, I believe that that's the church. I believe that that's seeing with new eyes opportunities to love our neighbor. That's the biblical command, to love one another. We're real good at loving each other while we're here and in this place. But when we separate and go our distant ways, sometimes we miss opportunities to love. And God has zeroed us in. Maybe we have an up-close and personal view for the very first time at what it will mean for us personally to do the works of God while it's day. But notice that Jesus didn't just say, that the works will happen during the daytime. He also said something else. He said, night is coming. There's a time when that work cannot be done anymore. I know a lot of you feel like right now you're not able to do any work. You're shut up in your home, and so maybe this feels like night to you. But what Jesus is saying is to his disciples is this. I'm here right now. I'm going to show you what it looks like to be light. I am the light of the world. But you also know that in the book of Matthew, Matthew 5.14, Jesus tells his disciples at some point, you are the light of the world. It's one thing for him to proclaim it about himself, but he knows he's only going to be with the disciples for a limited time. And what he conveys to them is this passing of a mantle. I'm not just the light. You now are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Shine that light out so that other people may see the works of God and glorify your Father who's in heaven. This is really all about giving God the glory. Whatever work we do, whatever way that we work, however we go about it, this is an opportunity, a season, where God is opening up our eyes and giving us a way to do the works of Him who sent us. And if you think that that idea of being sent is a mistake, then pay attention to the rest of the text. Because there is a moment where Jesus now spits in the dirt. He takes what we would regard as dirty and filthy. And he uses it to place a salve over the man's eyes. And he says, I want you to go and wash. But he doesn't just say, go find the nearest water source. He sends him someplace important. He says, go to the pool of Siloam. Siloam means the one sent. 
He says, go to the place of sending and wash your eyes. And scripture says that the man went and washed and came home seeing. I don't want you to miss a really beautiful moment in the middle of the text. Just before this in John chapter 8, Jesus has been telling people he was sent by God. He says it at least four times in chapter 8. He is the sent one. But now the one who is sent by the Father is sending someone else. He's sending him to the place of sending to wash his eyes to see. What develops later on in the chapter is a chance for this man to stand on the faith that he's placed in Jesus for his healing. He testifies to what God has done. And because leaders of the church don't believe him, they throw him out. And there's a beautiful moment right at the end of the story that we miss at the beginning. Remember, this man is blind from birth. And Jesus sees him. And he invites healing into this man's life. But do you know what the man never saw? He never saw Jesus. See, the, Jesus put mud on his eyes while he was still blind, sent him to the pool of Siloam to wash. And the man received his sight at the pool of sending, but he never saw the one who healed him. Yet his faith was strong enough to believe in the man they called Jesus. At the end of the story, this man gets to meet the Jesus who healed him. And I wonder today if you have had an experience where you've had an encounter with Jesus, but maybe not really seen him for who he was. Here's the beautiful thing about what Jesus does in the life of a believer. Jesus is a sender. He sent the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations. He's sending us. He's sending you. He sent me. And the one who was sent from the Father is now sending us into the world to be light, to give sight to people, to see in ways they've never seen before. It will be incumbent upon the church in this season of uncertainty, in this season of anxiety and fear, to proclaim the truth about who God is, God is sovereign. He's still on the throne. He's sovereign over this virus. He's sovereign over our world. He's sovereign over our homes. He's not stepped down. He's not turning a blind eye. God sees us. He is with us. He is for us. Scripture says that if God is for us, who can be against us? This text today from the Gospel of John reminds us that God is already doing work. He's already working in the world around us, but his agent of work now is the church. And perhaps the doors have been shuttered so the church can be sent out to really see the world around them and serve in a way they never have before. I have to tell you, at the beginning of the week when I started reading John chapter 9, I would have never seen this text in this light. But it's because of the circumstance that we're in that I am confident today that this is God's word for his people. Let me take you back one more time to what I believe is the heart of this text. As long as it is day, Jesus says, we must do the works of him who sent me. And then he says that he's the light of the world. What works are God doing around you? What must we, you and I, the church at large, what must we do in this season? I believe that the church now can do more than she ever has before. But it will rest on us to do it. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I want to tell you that sometimes we're so blind to what's happening in the world around us. Sometimes we've missed so much 
Sometimes we've passed by people, we've not noticed them, we've been too busy with our own agendas and our own issues. We've been searching and grappling for things that don't even fulfill. We've been spiritually blind to the invitation you've given to really see people. And God, today we are comforted by the knowledge that you see us. Now, Lord, what we're asking is that you would open our eyes. We are now sent. The church has always been a sent people, a called out seen you before what if we could be a part of eyes opening to who jesus is what if we could be a part of showing the light of the world to the rest of the world oh god that's our prayer today our other prayer would be this lord it's easy to be anxious your word tells us not to be anxious for anything but with every prayer that we have with every petition that we have with every praise that we have we can turn all of that into a prayer to you and entrust it into your hand. God, if you can open the eyes of the blind, you can certainly hold our concerns and our worries. Would you take them today, Lord, lift them up and replace the spirit of fear in our hearts with a spirit of peace? Would you replace the spirit of anxiety with a spirit of comfort? Would you replace the spirit of apathy and inability to do something with a renewed spirit of purpose that we are sent into the world to do the works of you who have sent us. Open our eyes today, we pray, so that we can see what it is we need to be doing and then help us to do it. We just ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. As we continue to worship this morning, we want to remind you, send your prayer requests into us so that here at the end of service as we pray, we can pray specifically over you and continue as we worship together. You are here moving in our midst I worship you I worship you You are here working in this place I worship you worship you. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who Touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, healing every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here. I worship you. 
God, we are so, so thankful that you are a God who makes a way where we don't see one. And Father, there are so many people who are struggling with the isolation, who are struggling with the separation of being with other people. They're struggling with the lack of connection today. Lord, we would simply ask that you would come near to them and and make a way for them to experience connection first with you, because you are always present with us. Your word says you'll never leave us or forsake us. There is nowhere we can go from your presence. You are always with us. But Father, today, some people just need, they need a touch. They need a phone call. They need a a FaceTime. They need to see a face, even if it's a neighbor waving through a window. Father, for those who need a way today to see or experience connection, would you provide that? Father, we know that you're also a, a miracle worker and Um, As we see these concerns coming in from your congregation, I know Jerry Davis had surgery and um, he's recovering right now and and he's continuing to heal. Um, But Father, part of that healing has separated him from his family and I know Leah's burdened about that today. Would you just remind him that you're present? Would you do a miracle work in him and expedite that healing so so that he can come home? Father, I would pray to today, the name Megan Bray has come up in front of us who are struggling with illness. And Lord, I would pray right now that you would intervene in her life and bring a healing. You're not just a a miracle worker, but Father, you are the great healer. You're Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You can bring all that we need before us. And today, Megan needs a touch from you from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, I've, I've seen needs today talking about our community, the, the small businesses that are going to struggle to keep up in the middle of, of this quarantine. God, we, we don't know what that looks like, but we know that you do. And you are a God who makes a way. Where everybody else says that things are impossible, your word says that nothing is impossible with you. So we continue, Father to ask that you would be all of the things that you've already promised, and we can place our confidence in that. You are all of these things and more. And the, the confession of our hearts today is, even when we don't see it, we know you are still working all things together for our good. Lord, we want to pray right now for all of those who are considered essential personnel, who tomorrow and every other day will have to go back into the workforce and do their jobs. Would you put a hedge of protection around them? Father, especially today for our first responders, for those in the healthcare industry, for people whose lives are really on the front lines of caring for those who are sick and dealing with this disease. Father, their selflessness is one of the works that brings you glory. Father, their willingness to go into spaces that are are scary and uncertain. Lord, you get the credit for that. This is your work for love for neighbor being displayed. Thank you for the the tireless efforts that they put forth. And we pray that you would protect them, that that you would provide the needed supplies so that they can stay safe while doing their jobs. 
God, you and you alone know what is needed in this season. And we couldn't even begin to list all the things, Father, that need to be provided. We're so, so glad that you hold all of this in the palm of your hand and how, how huge it seems to us and how big your hand must be to hold it all and hold all of us at the same time. Father, we want to continue to pray for the Beckerman family as we know that the, the absence of Beth leaves a, leaves a void. But Father, we also know that you are the God of all comfort who wraps us close and holds us tight. And we pray that you would continue to make your presence known to them. Lord, we pray that you would have your way in our lives as we go from this place. Lord, help people to find ways to connect with you, to not wait till Sunday morning, but to be the church. Open our blind eyes to see the works that you want to do in this season and help us to confess with confidence that this has happened so that the works of God may be displayed for all to see. You were with us once and were the light of the world, and now the mantle is passed to us. We are the light of the world. Help us to not hide it anymore, but to let your light so shine that all might see you and that we might glorify you in all we say and do. For all that we offer to you this morning, we surrender our prayers in, in the presence of your worthiness and holiness and pray that they arise to your throne like a fragrant aroma. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus, the light of our world. Amen. It's been good to be with you online. Don't forget to continue to share those requests as you have them. You can drop them right in the feed of the stream, whether you're just jumping on to watch or um, you've been watching all morning. Don't forget that there are opportunities for us to gather together and pray on Saturdays on Zoom. Be watching this week for a newsletter that will give you all the information you need on how to stay connected. And until then, know that we are praying for you, that even though we can't see you physically, we still see you and our hearts are with you. But more importantly, today, God sees you and he's with you and he loves you very much.